Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. All right, uh, if you could just give me a second here, I'm trying to find our script. No, I really do have the script. The topic for today is organization and teaching children organization. And I just have to tell you, okay, yesterday uh, I, I was running behind schedule, left my office, got into my car, like, wow, this is really unusual. Like, I, I don't, I'm not seeing things as well as I, I should be. Well, here I have my reading glasses on. <laughs> and so that didn't last long, obviously. And so it's all organization. Oh, where did I put my other glasses? And so this, this podcast is going to be really beneficial uh, to adults, and certainly it's going to impact kids. So once again, Dr. Rhoda, who is organized, <laughs> is speaking on the topic. Thank you, Professor Marty. Yeah, are you finding yourself growing frustrated, spending time being frustrated with your student, with your child, because they're often disorganized? They can't find where they put their assignment, or they can't find where they put their shoes, or they can't find where they put their hairbrush. So take heart. Organization is not an innate gift that we're born with. It's a skill set. And we can put the energy we're feeling being frustrated into teaching young people a skill set that will serve them well for their entire life. So instead of being frustrated, let's spend that energy, that emotional time, instead teaching them a skill that's really going to make a difference. Yeah, that's really great advice because uh, I can tell you when I go home, tired from work, walk in, uh, I may have to step over some shoes, move a backpack, and my immediate uh, reaction is, hey, come back here, pick this up. But maybe if I would take the time to actually teach the skill, things would go a lot better. Organization isn't difficult. It really is just a habit or a way of doing things that needs to be formed over time through repetition. But like with your children in the backpack in the middle of the doorway, we need to first understand the why, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that when why has heart, how has legs. When we understand why we're doing something, we'll figure out how to do it. So why is it beneficial to be organized? First off, it saves time. You know, we save time looking for things that we can't find. Uh, as we save time, we become more productive. And it feels good to be organized, to know where your things are at. There's a sense of self-efficacy that you get. You get much less frustration. I also think being organized helps relationships, right? Um, it puts a strain on families. It puts a strain on classrooms. It puts a strain on friendships when people aren't organized. So there's much less frustration in life when we don't feel frazzled. It helps with our self-efficacy to know that we can accomplish this. We don't have to be disorganized unless we choose to be disorganized. So what would be some tips or approaches to the topic? Yep, so I've got five tips here for things we can do to teach children. So number one, start introducing checklists. They don't have to be complex. They can be simple little checklists, like writing down three things to do before bed, or make a list of the things they should check that are in their backpack before they leave for the day. This can be used by parents in the morning. You know, do you have everything? This can be used by teachers in the afternoon. Do you have everything? Here's your checklist. This, you're doing this every single day, day in, day out. So let's start organizing our thoughts, organize our mind. And we do that by having a checklist. Yeah, and, and some teachers have, they, they send home assignment notebooks, mm -hmm. uh, which, which the parent signs off of. And it's not so much checking if the student did the work or not. I mean, that's a bonus. But but like you said, it's a habit. And so it, in, a, in a good way, forces the encounter between the child and the parent to say, hey, I need this 
assigned, oh, what's happening today. Exactly. You're developing a routine. Or the thing I like to think of it, you're developing a habit of mind. You know, you're organizing your mind. And the less cluttered our minds can be, the more organized they can be, the less stress we feel. So all of this impacts. You know, even if uh, in that assignment planner you were just talking about, you know, you're keeping tr uh, a checklist of assignments, homework that needs to be done tonight, or it could simply be a list of things as a teacher that you want them to do when they arrive in the classroom during the morning. Like you come in and instead of being annoyed later on in the day because their pencils aren't sharpened and they need to go sharpen the pencil in the middle of the lesson, here's your checklist. When you come in in the morning, you put this away, you sharpen your pencils, you get this out, you prepare this. And we all know that winter is coming and yeah. we will have snow and the buses will be late and the yeah. students will be dropped off at varying times. And that's a great idea so that when the kid enters the, the, the classroom, uh, especially at the beginning of the day, they already have a sense of what do I need to do and how can I get organized and working. And also in doing this, as you're thinking through the day and making your checklist and planning what you're going to need for, and you're developing the prefrontal cortex, that area that does planning, that thinks through things, that makes judgments, what's important, what do I do next. That's the whole thing we use in education. So every time we can exercise that prefrontal cortex and develop it, uh, it's going to help us down the road. All this builds. It's like a muscle that gets stronger and stronger. So first thing, start introducing some checklists to your kids. Make them work for you. It makes sense. Number two, once they have that checklist, practice it over and over and over again each day until it forms a habit or a routine. I think this might be one of the harder ones to see the value in habits and routines. Help them to see that they can spend two minutes tidying up their room in the morning before they leave. They can make their bed, they can put the dirty clothes in the basket, and you will always have a clean room. Or, the other side, you can spend an hour every couple of weeks cleaning and organizing because you're getting yelled at because your room's a mess, you can't find anything. So you spend an hour every couple of weeks, but then you don't keep it up so it's messy again. And you've spent that time, but you still can't find your shoes and you're late to school and you're being yelled at and there's all this tension. It's just unnecessary, right? Uh, so uh, habits, routines. Uh, I'm just smiling because right before this podcast, talked to a colleague and we were both talking, oh, the dishes in the sink are dirty. And we were talking, we, we, uh, yeah, yep. fall break's coming up and, and, oh, what are you doing this fall break? Well, <laughs> there are dishes in the sink right now. And so, yeah, it's really, really, really good advice. All those little things cause stress. And if we can just have habits and routines that do away with some of that, we're going to have stress in life. Let's not have unnecessary stress. So when you, just backtracking, when you create the checklist, mm -hmm. do you have the students or the child themselves create it for ownership or is this more an executive decision where these things should be done? It's probably a little bit of both. I'd work with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's sit down and what, like if you're doing a checklist for what are the three things you need to do before you go to bed, have them think through it and then you kind of guide them, model for them how, you know, oh, so what'd you, you know, what about this? Do you need to fill in the blank? You know, so you're kind of guiding them. See, this is going to be a challenge for me because I have one of, one of my uh, children who they don't see the why mm -hmm. behind mm -hmm. be it a clean a room and so this is gonna be a good challenge for me yeah so for that case i would just try to help them understand okay full disclosure here my sister and i growing up shared a bedroom she's six years older than i am our bedroom was always a mess and i'm a little bit of a neat neck it, it annoyed me but i didn't really didn't know any better but we would get in trouble and we'd spend all day saturday cleaning up our bedroom and then pretty soon it's a mess again and when I was in high school, we moved to a different house. Grandma came to live with us. We got a bigger house. We each had our own bedroom. And my sister's Night bedroom. Yeah, you, it totally became evident. Oh, 
this is no, well, I, I love my sister with all my heart. Right, right. But to this day, she struggles with organization. See, and keeping on top of it. That does not surprise me at all yeah. because if you go into a Dr. Rhoda's office, you will know that she is organized and she likes things to be in their place in a very, very good way. And you will know also uh, in meetings, uh, the same thing is she is prepared and she has really, I mean, clearly delineated kind of key points that she wants to make. It's a really good thing. Appreciate that. And and I don't want to rip on my sister, Rachel. I love you with all my heart. And I, it was okay that our bedroom was a mess. But I just, if we could learn this, at a, if, if at a younger age, if kids can understand why this is important, it helps them for the rest of their life. So if, if they can understand that keeping a clean bedroom will help them not be late for school, not have people mad at them. It just saves them so much frustration. So again, organizing your desk each day before you leave, or maybe if you don't do that, you get in trouble for not being able to find an assignment and you have to stay in at recess and clean your desk. That's no fun. That creates tension in the classroom. It's not what we want. So just take, you know, one minute before you leave for the day and organize your desk. So when you get there the next morning, it's set to go. Establish these routines and habits and help kids see why that's beneficial. The little things we do on a daily basis make our lives so much easier. You know, we brush our teeth every day. Wouldn't be very productive if we avoided brushing them on a daily basis, but then spent three hours brushing them the night before our dental cleaning, right? It's the little things over time that make the big difference. So consistent routines are the things that keep us organized. If we can spend a little bit of time and energy each day, that's one option. Or we can spend a ton of energy once in a while and usually end up being more frustrated. And I think the challenging part for that is is obviously we want it organized. It's allowing time in the day, those few minutes, to do that instead of saying, oh, I'll get to it later. So it's really important. For, for example, like at, at night after our family devotion, this has been week two that I've been doing it, I'll say, okay, what needs to be done before you go to bed because mm -hmm. they have different set bedtimes. Mm -hmm. Well, they're kind of getting sick of that, but by having them say what they need to have done, these things are getting done that's in awesome. a good way. It's a really so good that's practice. one and you're helping them see the value of that. One way that's working. Yeah, that's fantastic. So again, I don't want to beat this point up, but it's just, I think this is one of the hardest ones, but mm -hmm. not keeping a routine of simple things to stay organized is really closely related to procrastination. We're really just prolonging the discomfort instead of just doing a little bit now and then it'll be done. So number one is a checklist. Number two is, you know, those routines and habits and doing it over and over and over again. Number three is give them chores where they need to sort and organize so they kind of learn how to do that. Folding socks and then neatly putting them into a drawer so they can find their socks. Uh, teach them how to load the dishwasher in an organized fashion, right? Um, help them think through that. And there again, we can't just expect them to know it. We have to teach them and have expectations for them. And when they don't do it right, have them redo it. Not that you're mad or you're angry or you're yelling, but no, that's not going to work. And here's why. Here's the way you need to do it. And teach them. Sort out the Tupperware drawer. <laughs> and dispose oh, of things I that love don't that have a one. matching lid. Oh, right? Everybody gets organized by it. <laughs> I mean, everybody gets um, uh, frustrated by it. Yes, they sure do. <laughs> so that's a great job for a little one to go through and figure out. And will really help their mind figure out how organization works. So number, th so number three, give them chores where they learn how to sort and organize. Number four, as they get older, you know, keep that planner you were talking about. This includes a calendar, the assignments list their responsibilities, but also list fun things on it. So write out your assignments, but also dream about what you're gonna do on your vacation time. You know, we're getting ready to go into fall break. Um, you know, on my planner, 
it, it's fun to pencil in, you know, fall break. I'm heading up to Door County with a friend, you know. So there's just um, have things to look forward to on that planner as well. That kind of helps as you think about planning. It's not all like negative things you have to do, but it's the fun mm -hmm. things too. And number five, model organization for the young people in your life. If you are struggling with this area and you have a hard time finding things or meeting deadlines because of organization, you can apply these same tips and principles. Create lists, do a little bit each day to stay on top of things, create that system, that routine, keep a planner. These are the things that, that we can constantly learn too. Um, and on keeping a planner, you know, what needs to be done by when? What are your priorities each day? I suggest you pick three things that you're going to get done today. In fact, we have a whole other podcast that's on this topic. Episode 16. That was a long time ago. It was a long right. time ago. Episode 16 really is good, called though. Getting Things Done, the Rule of Three. So you can go there and get some more details on planning in that episode. But there again, if you can create structure and routine around the things that annoy you, you know, you don't leave it the day until your desk is organized so you can start tomorrow knowing where things are at. Or you place your car keys in the exact same place every single day when you walk in the door so you don't have to try to spend time finding them when you're running late. Those little things that you do that are skills that you learn, um, your kids are watching that. And just in wrapping this up, organization is a learned skill. It's not something that we're born with the ability to do. It's something we learn. So let's intentionally teach our youth how to be organized and we can save them a lot of misery, both now and later in life. And if you you struggle maintaining organization, just try these simple tips. You can learn the skill too. And you know you might want to think about it this way. You'll never be any younger. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five key takeaways from this episode today on teaching children organization. First of all, really we need to understand the why behind it. Uh, if we understand why they're doing what they're doing and why it's beneficial to be organized, then we're going to get some traction on it. So number one, uh, real practical way, introduce checklists. Number two, practice those checklists over and over and over again. Number three, uh, give them chores where they need to sort and organize. Uh, number four, as they get older, uh, give them a planner, give them responsibility, and include on that planner also writing down fun things to do. And then number five, you know, students, kids can't do it without us. A really powerful way to be organized is if we are organized ourselves and then help them in the process. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.